Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast on 101 ESPN. Salvi hits it in the air to center field. It carries on Bader all the way back for a two-run home run. Oh, yeah, that kind of night. And uh, let's just say it, Carlos Martinez was not sharp and... The Royals put it on the Cardinals in game three, and they take two of three in that series. Pitching was not great. 12-3 to three the final. Carlos Martinez, five innings, eight earned. Most he has given up, nine hits and three strikeouts. Had to leave the game mid-back strain on his left side, and the Cardinals dropped that game. So the Cardinals now tied with Cincinnati. They are a game in front of Milwaukee. The Brewers come to town, and the season is on the line. It is a five-game series beginning tonight. KK going for the St. Louis Cardinals. Welcome into Scoops with Danny Mack. We'll talk a little baseball in this segment. And the Air Comfort Service text line is wide open for you. 65780. 65780. If you want to jump in the show, ask a question, make a comment. We'll try to get to some of those before the crossover and ribs and BK. Andy Strickland will be my guest. We're going to talk a little hockey as well when the season may start, the upcoming draft. And we'll get into the situation with the St. Louis Blues and Alex Petrangelo. This is the... um the pitching that's lined up for the Cardinals beginning tonight. They got KK going tonight. Then it's a doubleheader tomorrow. Remember, it's uh, two seven-inning games. Jack Flaherty, Daniel Ponce de Leon. Saturday, it's Adam Wainwright. And then Austin Gomber will go on Sunday. Monday, if needed, that's the doubleheader against Detroit. Who starts in that game? Could you go back with... Could you go back with uh, Carlos... I'd have to stay away from that. Maybe it's KK's short day's rest. Is it the whole staff? Is it Jake Woodford who pitched an inning last night? The bullpen, three innings, four earned, five hits. It was Elledge, Whitley, Woodford. So all in all, 14 hits given up. There were four home runs hit by Kansas City last night. Two from Salvador Perez, uh, two from Franchi Cordero. All in all, again, ugly night for St. Louis. So Mike Schilt asked about uh, Carlos Martinez after the game and what happened on the eight runs given up by Carlos Martinez. I mean, stuff's there. Clearly made pitches. Changeup was there. Slider was there. You know, fastball had some life to it, but a lot of balls in the plate. You know, Perez went and got that down and got the one. The second one wasn't really too bad a pitch, kind of what we were looking for, but he got under it and clearly got it out of there. But... You know, competed well, was able to right the ship a little bit, get into the six, which is important for our bullpen. And then, um, you know, he's toward the end and had some more bullets left, but obviously went out with a mid-back sprain, or strain rather. But, you know, just didn't miss mistakes. They did not miss mistakes, period. So what about the immediate future right now for Carlos Martinez? Yeah, I think it's definitely hard to imagine regular season with four days left. I think I think that'd be the case if he did, got, didn't get removed. I mean, possibly, you know, some bullpen help, which would be a side day on Sunday. But I think irrespective of what he's doing through Sunday, he would be unavailable. It was a tough season for Carlos, period. Uh, dealt with the, the injuries. He dealt with the injured list. They tried to get him back as a starter. It just didn't happen for him, so it was tough to have any kind of consistency. We have a season for a reason to find out and get guys opportunities, and, and um, you know, he, he had made the most out of his opportunities to earn the spot and, and get those chances this year, and he just um, never really got into the groove. 
You know, I mean, you saw glimpses of it. You know, Carlos is a little bit of a rhythm pitcher. You know, he gets, he gets in that feel, gets in that groove. And, and once he does, it's like lights out. And he showed flashes of it. And, you know, we played really, really good defense this year. And a couple of times he was a little bit of a victim of, you know, a non-play or a, a quirky play or, you know, just not making a play. Um, and I don't want to alibi him too much, but that, you know, you look back at it initially, you know, he was compromised with some defensive things, um, but he never really ultimately was able to get any consistency going with his pitches. And, and um, you know, this is a league that, you you know, you can't get away with a lot consistently. So the Cardinals turn to Kwang Hung Kim tonight, all important series at Bush Stadium. Cardinals are 500 at Bush this year. So this is how it plays out. The Chicago Cubs will play the Pirates and wrap up their series tonight, or rather today. Then they've got three with the White Sox, and White Sox still playing for something. So far this season, they are one and two against the White Sox, so they've got three games remaining with them. The Cardinals, 27 and 26. They've had seven different times this year to go to three games above 500. They have not been able to do that. Cardinals, 500 at home this year. Cincinnati, they are tied with the Cardinals. They have Minnesota. They've got the day off today. They have three at Minnesota. Trevor Bauer was awesome last night as they beat uh, Milwaukee. The Reds have lost seven of eight against Minnesota. The Twins, by the way, have won three straight. Milwaukee, they are 27 and 28. They've got the five games left with the Cardinals, the three and two against St. Louis this year. Milwaukee, by the way, they have not won a road series in their last five. Talked about this if you missed it with Randy Carricker filling in with uh, uh, for uh, Michelle this morning. But Corbin Burns is going for Milwaukee, and he has just been terrific this year. Said the reason for his success this season is that he stayed healthy, and it's so much more than that. He spent this past offseason changing his repertoire. He's now throwing two seamers, so he's got a really good sinker. He's got a really good cutter, uh, slider, whatever you want to call it. He underwent LASIK. Remember he used to wear the goggles? Well, he ditched that. And he's worked on uh, his mental game. He, he saw a sports psychologist, so that has really helped him. So everything, all that is factored in. And it's been remarkable, the turnaround that this guy has had. So here are some of the numbers that have been part of the turnaround. His ERA last year was 882. This year, 1.25. That would be the best in franchise history. His average against is 161. Best in Milwaukee history. OPS allowed 446, best in franchise history. The whip, 0.90, best in franchise history. To put it in perspective, it's the largest drop in ERA in the history of the game. Roy Halladay, back in 2000, went from a 10.64 ERA to 3.16. That was nearly a drop of about 7.5. Corbin Burns last year was 8.82. It's now 1.25. That's 7.57. So it's the best right now in the history of the game. And the Cardinals will get him tonight. So we'll talk about that a little later in the show with some of your comments, your questions. And coming up next, it'll be Andy Strickland. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. I want to stay a blue of course I do I mean that's like I we've touched on that it's the only place I've known professional hockey so you know legacy is obviously important this this organization means a lot to me right it, it certainly uh 
and, and you know, you see Al come around and see all the other alumni who are around regularly, that means a lot, right? It's guys who have a great relationship with the organization that have been around and really set their roots in, in St. Louis. Whether it's here or somewhere else, and you want to play to the best of it, to your ability and leave a legacy wherever you are. And that goes along with, you know, on the ice and off the ice and, and trying to impact the organization and the community. So whether it's here or anywhere else, I think it's important for me uh, to really kind of, you know, set my roots wherever it is. And, and I know my wife feels the same way. Will he or won't he? The captain of the St. Louis Blues, Alex Petrangelo. Will he re-sign with the St. Louis Blues? The biggest question mark for the St. Louis Blues as they head into their postseason. Of course, the Stanley Cup Finals continues. We bring in the NHL and Blues insider from Fox Sports Midwest, and that is Andy Strickland. Andy, it's always good to hear your voice, man. How are things going? Always good to hear your voice, Danny Mac. Listen, man, everything's good. We've got the homeschooling down. Uh, the weather is getting nicer. I mean, it's crazy. I, I, I'm a little confused. We've got the Stanley Cup final happening here in the month of September. Free agency begins in October. We've got the draft just a handful of days away. I mean, um, it's confusing, but we're still finding our way, man. Everything is okay. So will he or won't he? What, what are your thoughts on the captain of the St. Louis Blues? Well, if I had to put money on it today, I would say won't he won't. Uh, you know, Alex Petrangelo obviously is a guy who – is going to be highly coveted in the open market should he get there. And all signs right now point towards him becoming an unrestricted free agent. I mean, look, the player and the team have had several months to get this done. And as we sit this close to unrestricted free agency, there's no signs pointing toward the deal being completed before October 9th when he can sign with another team. Um, whether or not the Blues trade his rights before uh, we get to uh, October 9th remains to be seen as well. Uh, he does have a, a, have a no trade clause. You know, it's going to be interesting. Dan, does he play ball with the Blues in terms of, um, you know, allowing the Blues to recover an asset and trading him to another team where they can control his negotiating rights? You know, he's got a list of five teams where he wants to go or where he could envision himself playing if he doesn't see himself in a Blues uniform next season. Um, and if the Blues were to maybe move him to one of those teams where he would be interested in signing, maybe he would waive his no trade. And, uh, and and potentially negotiate uh, a brand new contract with that team prior to the draft or prior to free agency beginning on October 9th. But, you know, it, it's just interesting throughout this entire process. I mean, just kind of paying attention to the ebbs and flows and where it's gone and where we're at right now. Um, you know, it's always about the money. But in this case, is it about the money? It is. But at the same time, it's about the structure of the deal. And, you know, Alex Petrangelo is looking for a certain type of contract. Um, what the Blues have offered and what they put on the table was a lot of money. You talk about $8 million per year, Dan, uh, over the course of an eight-year deal. That's the maximum number of years the NHL can sign a player to a contract. He can get seven years in the open market unless he's traded prior to the beginning of free agency, and then he can still get an eighth year from that team if he signs with that team. Um, so a lot still is up in the air as it sits right now, but the way it's looking, I just don't see it getting done. How far apart are they in terms of money? Well, it's not about the money because the reality is what the Blues are putting on the table right now could be more than what he actually will sign as a free agent. I mean, I've always said that if he signs with the Blues, the number is going to start with an eight. If he signs with another team in free agency, there's a good chance that it starts with a nine. And, you know, what that actual AAV, the annual average salary looks like, it's going to be somewhere between eight million and, you know, 9.25, maybe as high as 9.5. Who knows? Maybe he could get even higher than that. Um, you know, we'll just see how, how it plays out in terms of if there's a bidding war and how many teams are, you know, are truly, you know, competing for his services. Um, 
But, you know, if he signs, you know, a seven-year contract times $9 million, I mean, we're talking $63 million versus the $64 million the Blues have already offered. Um, but, again, it comes down to the structure of the contract. You know, Doug Armstrong has never signed a player to a contract here in St. Louis that includes signing bonus money. He's inherited a couple of contracts that include signing bonuses, uh, one of those being Ryan O'Reilly, the other being Braden Shen. Um, and it's a it's a organizational philosophy philosophy. They just don't do it. Um, now, I don't know how much of a difference there really is between negotiating a deal with signing bonus money versus trading for a player where you still have to pay out some signing bonus money. But that's the way, um, you know, they run their business here. And, you know, once you start signing Alex Petrangelo and hanging out heavy honey, uh, signing bonus money. And then all of a sudden the next guy is going to want it and so forth. And, you know, with the big time free agents who go to free agency or even re-sign with their club, um, you know, typically these players are getting heavy signing bonus money as much as, as much as $15 million in signing bonus money. When you look at the Toronto Maple Leafs and Mitch Marner and Austin Matthews and some of the, the dollars that are being handed out to these guys in Toronto, um, the blues don't want to find themselves in that situation. I think there is, a little bit of risk when you're talking about a player who's 30, 31 years of age, even just giving him an eight-year contract at $8 million flat across the board. But listen, they want signing bonus money. They want no uh, move protection, a no move clause that, as it sits right now, the Blues haven't been willing to budge on. Now, they tell me that is negotiable, and I believe them. I think everything's negotiable in terms of the no move clause, which gives him buyout protection towards the end of the contract. We all focus on the first half of the contract and getting, you know, a lot of the front loaded money, but sometimes getting that protection at the end of the contract is just as important for a player like Petrangelo, who's going to sign a long-term contract uh, past the age of 30. Uh, we see players get sent down to the minors. We see players get bought out. We see what happened with David Backus and some of these other aging players who signed these long-term contracts. There's no guarantee. Everything's going to play out the way that you want it. Getting that no move protection at the end of the deal gives you the protection that you need to, you know, prevent some of that stuff that I'm talking about from happening. So uh, with the Blues unwilling to structure the deal the way Alex Petrangelo wants it, um, that's what's led to us being to this, you know, getting to this point right now, Danny. Do you think, though, it's a sense of, okay, when they get to October 9th, it's kind of a stalemate right now, but once we get to, like a lot of it, it's a deadline, and those last 72, 48 hours, they start to bend, and then it breaks, and then something happens. You know, I would think maybe that's the case under usual circumstances. But, you know, Danny, you think about it. They've had so long to get this deal done, and they haven't been able to get it done up to this point. And, and let me just say this. I think the idea of exploring free agency, seeing what else is out there, um, and seeing what kind of offers he can get, I truly think that that excites Alex Petrangelo. It doesn't mean that he doesn't want to be here, but I do think maybe – uh, this has gotten a little bit personal between he and the Blues. I think he feels a little bit slighted that they haven't given him the contract that he is looking for. Obviously, we know what's going on in our world right now. And with the salary cap in the National Hockey League staying flat at 81.5 miles per hour, 81.5 uh, million dollars, you know, I'm sure that's contributed to, you know, how the Blues are thinking right now. Um, so I think the idea of, of, of going to an, another team, as crazy as it may sound for Blues fans out there, I think that does you know, interest him, especially if it's a team like Toronto. You know, he grew up in the area. Uh, you know, he looks at a team like, like the Maple Leafs. He looks at a team like Vegas. Listen, there's three other teams that are on his list. And, you know, he looks at the window and the opportunity to win with some of these teams moving forward, not just this coming season or the year after, but beyond that. 
And he may feel like the window to win is bigger with some of these other teams compared to St. Louis, where the core of the team is somewhere between 27 and 30 years old. And obviously guys are only going to get older. They're not going to get younger. Um, and, and so I think maybe that's probably the best kept secret in all of this is, is the idea that Alex Petrangelo, the longer this is dragged on and the realization uh, that he has that, listen, there's going to be a lot of good teams that are going to have interest in signing him and not only signing him, but also giving him what he wants in terms of the structure of the deal. It's always come down to the structure. Listen, the AAV and the salary and the term, we kind of have an idea and we knew what that would be. You know, you look at the nearest comps, you think about Roman Yossi, who just won the Norris Trophy as the league's best defenseman. Uh, you know, he signed with Nashville last year, an eight-year contract, just over $9 million per. You had an idea that Alex Petrangelo's contract was going to be somewhere in that neighborhood, either slightly less or slightly more than what Roman Yossi got. And it was going to be an eight-year deal if he re-signed with St. Louis, and it's probably going to be a seven-year deal if he signs with another team in the open market. Um so, listen, it's, it's always come down to the structure, and as it sits right now, I guess it could change. But, again, as it sits right now, they have yet to agree on the actual structure of the contract. Andy Strickland of Fox Sports Midwest also does a podcast, Cam and Strick Podcast, my guest. Um, what do you think about the draft, and also what do you think about the start of hockey? What are you hearing about those two things? Well, I mean, the draft is going to be interesting because it's going to be virtual. We've seen that with other sports, including the National Football League, and, um, you know, I think they – I think having some of these other sports do their draft before the NHL has kind of given the, the National Hockey League and its teams an idea of how this might go. Um, so, you know, that'll be interesting. I mean, with Bill Armstrong moving on, how they handle the draft. Of course, Bill Armstrong had run the Blues draft for the last several years. and Now he moves on where he's the new GM of the Arizona Coyotes. Um, so it's going to have a little bit of a different feel. Uh, considering the fact that, you know, Tony Feltrin, a guy who's been around for a long time, used to work with the New York Rangers for a while, and he's been with the Blues for several years. He'll be running the Blues draft. So that'll be a little bit different. Uh, we'll see what kind of moving and shaking Doug Armstrong does at the draft. You know, knowing that he can't sign Alex Petrangelo, what does he do with some of those freed up funds um, that he probably had allocated, you know, towards Petrangelo? Is there a plan B? Is Justin Falk the plan B? Um, what kind of players will they look to add? Can they make some deals at the draft? And then obviously coming into free agency, uh, how active will the Blues be? I guess it remains to be seen what that looks like. But um, I think I'm interested to see what this draft looks like. It's going to be different than anything we've seen before. In terms of starting the season, what are you, what are you hearing? Um, well, listen, a lot of people were suggesting that it was going to start in December. Now it looks like it's going to get pushed back into 2021 whether that's january 1st january 15th the end of january remains to be seen do we have fans in the building danny to begin the season do we start the season with no fans do we start the season in a bubble um do we gradually get fans into the buildings as we move on through the course of the season do we get 82 games do we get 65 games the league right now is saying they want to get in 82 games and again we're talking about starting in january i mean the blues were you know, slated to play in the Winter Classic in Minnesota, you know, on January 1st. Are we going to have a Winter Classic this year? Will that get pushed back to 2022? So there's so many things that are up in the air. I think we'll get a lot of these answers, um, you know, once we get through the Stanley Cup final. Of course, we have Dallas and we have uh, Tampa Bay, um, you, know, uh, you know, playing in the Stanley Cup final right now. I think once we get through that, then we'll get some of these answers. I know Gary Bettman spoke to the media at the beginning of the Stanley Cup final, they're still trying to find their way, Danny, still trying to figure it out. But it looks like 
we will not see hockey, at least for the regular season, for the 2021 season until at least January 2021. Well, NBC has got the Olympics, and if they want to get an 82-game season, and if they do have the Olympics next summer, could they do that with the national TV deal, or would that complicate that? Well, it's going to be tight. And, you know, listen, it was the fact that that the Olympics got postponed is what opened up the opportunity to have hockey this summer anyway. And, you know, it's been amazing the fact that the NHL has been able to pull this off. It really has been. Um, but with the Olympics slated to begin, I believe, in July of 2021, that's a lot of the talk right now. Can you truly fit in 82 games and get that completed before the Olympics are set to begin in July, the summer of 2021? I mean, how much window does that give you? And I think that's what they're trying to figure out right now. How many back-to-backs? What kind of a condensed schedule? will we see in order to get in as many games as possible? And, you know, listen, they say they want to get 82 games in, Danny. Is that realistic? When we talk about the deadline that probably exists with NBC and the Olympics in July, it's going to be tough. They say they can do it. You know they have a plan. They have an idea of how they're going to roll this out. We're just waiting for those details. Finally, if they don't sign Petro, what direction does Doug Armstrong go? What What do you think? Well, I've talked to him about this, and, and they truly believe that if Petrangelo isn't here, that we will see a better version of Justin Falk compared to what we saw in his first season here. Um, they felt like it was a tough situation for him to walk into. I mean, you think about Falk getting trade deep, uh, traded deep into training camp, and you know, right away you, know, you have the, the banner-raising ceremony where he's sitting in a room by himself while the team is, you know, prancing around the ice with the Stanley Cup and watching their Stanley Cup banner be raised to the rafters. Then they go on their first road trip, and you have the ring ceremony at the Hall of Fame, and he's fishing by himself all day long while the team is fishing. Then they go to the White House, and again, he spends another day by himself while the rest of his team is at the White House. I think it took him some time to truly feel comfortable under the circumstances, not to mention that he walks into a dressing room. Uh, where the captain of the team is in the final year of his contract and everyone is speculating that, okay, now they signed Justin Falk. Does this mean they're not going to be able to sign Alex Petrangelo? Um, so listen, he didn't have a good year. The team fully expects him to play up to his standards uh, that we've seen from him throughout his career, where he's been a three-time All-Star. If he has more responsibility, if he has a role that maybe is you know closer to what he had throughout the course of his time as a Carolina Hurricane, um, they need that from him. Listen, they they committed long-term dollars. They're paying him $9 million a year for the first two years of the contract. That's not the AAV of the deal, which is $6.5 million. But again, a lot of money committed in the early portion of that contract. They need him to be a good player. They say that's their plan B as it sits right now. Is it? I guess we'll find that answer out as well. But they think they have a good player. They believe he's a good player. They think he was the best defenseman in the bubble in Edmonton. They need better play from Justin Falk. There's no question about that. Andy, uh, great to catch up with you. Great insight. Thanks, my man. Appreciate it. Always always good to talk to you, Danny. Anytime, man. You know that. That's Andy Strickland of Fox Sports Midwest. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Cordero with a nice wrist swing. Drives it into deep right center field, and that is gone. That kind of night for the uh, St. Louis Cardinals as, well, Carlos Martinez was roughed up. Five innings, eight earned, nine hits, three strikeouts. By the way, our thanks to Andy Strickland for talking a little St. Louis Blues hockey. 
Carlos Martinez had to leave the game in the bottom of the uh, six. He was done mid-back strain on his left side. And it looks like his regular season is done. The Cardinals, the rotation again starting tonight, left this season. KK goes tonight. Flaherty, Ponce de Leon in the doubleheader tomorrow. Wainwright, Gomber over the weekend. And then Monday, if needed, who knows? Maybe Woodford, KK, short day's rest. The whole staff will find out. Four home runs hit last night by the uh, Kansas City Royals. Two from Salvador Perez. Franchi Cordero hit two. Each had five runs batted in. That had not been done against the Cardinals since the New York Giants of 1954. And one of the players that did that against St. Louis was one Willie Mays. Pretty amazing. So the Cardinals are 27 and 26. Milwaukee 27 and 28. And the Reds are 29 and 28. So if the Cardinals would win three of five, they are headed to postseason play. It's pretty much that simple for St. Louis. Um, that's the difference right now. It's It's been their pitching. And if they can get good pitching, the Cardinals are headed to postseason play. The division winners right now, when you look at what's happening in the AL East, it's Tampa Bay. AL West, it's Oakland. National League East, it's Atlanta. In the National League West, it's the Dodgers. That's their eighth straight title. The Atlanta Braves, third straight title. Oakland, first since 2013. Tampa Bay, first since uh, 2010. So six of the eight playoff spots in the AL have been decided. Rays, Yankees, Twins, White Sox, Indians, and A's. And only four of the eight nationally playoff spots have been decided. Braves, Cubs, Dodgers, Padres are in. As far as the Central goes, you'd have to figure that the Cubs are in the driver's seat with uh, these five games to go for the St. Louis Cardinals. Now, on to college football. The uh, Missouri Tigers play host to Alabama this weekend. Who knows what to expect? Eli Drinkowitz, you know, you really didn't have a spring football camp. You really didn't have a summer camp. You've had COVID hit across the country with all these guys. It's been limited practice. Paul Feinbaum was on Sports uh, Sports Center yesterday. He says no to a uh, a for Alabama. So what? No big deal. They've got five-star guys going all over the place. No big deal for Alabama. To a who? Uh, No big deal. You replaced the greatest quarterback in Alabama history with a guy named Mac, and things are just perfect uh, for, for Nick Saban. You heard him a minute ago. He's happy. He's, he should be happy. He's got uh, one of the two or three best teams in the country. And not only is Mac Jones has, has a little bit of experience under his belt, Najee Harris, uh, maybe uh, one of the two or three best running backs in the country. You've got an improved defense. Matt, uh, you got player wide receivers all over the place, uh, one or two that could even uh, join Najee Harris in the Heisman race. So I think Alabama is doing just fine. Thank you. Yep, it doesn't matter. They'll get uh, an injury or whatever the case may be. They'll roll out another uh, All-American where other teams just don't have that. So they are favored depending on what line you look at. 26, I've seen one at 27. It's been hovering right around that. Um, Of course, Tanner, I I wouldn't be putting down the hard-earned money I earn here every day. Would you? Apparently you would. I don't know. It could it could get ugly this weekend. Could. We'll see. I'm looking forward to it, though. Don't know what to expect. Uh, we had Mike Kelly on the morning show uh, this morning, the longtime voice, the Missouri Tigers, and asked him about his first year watching Eli Drinkowitz, head coach of Mizzou. Well, you know, he's. it's funny. I mean, his, his personality is certainly much different than Gary Pink. I mean, and I love Gary, and uh, Gary and I have, have laughed about that. Um, you know, I mean, Coach Drink is out there during practice when guys are – 
doing warm-ups or, or, or calisthenics. He, he, he's been known to do them with him. And, you know, he's, he's bumping shoulders and doing, you know, I, it's just a different level of, of I guess, um, enthusiasm, if you will, uh, head coach. But I, I think this year, guys, I think, it's, I think it's a foundational year. I think it's building the foundation for the future. Um, you know, and trying to not only implement, but also just trying to build for the future and, and, and showing, you know, future recruits that, hey, you know, if you're good enough, you're going to play. I think what's interesting, too, is is seeing fans at the game. And there will be some fans allowed at Faroe Field. I asked Mike Kelly about that. What is that going to look like this weekend? I think it's eleven or twelve thousand in the in the bowl inside the stadium. Uh, additional fans, um, you know, obviously in the suites. Um, I think what they've done with the suites is um, uh, they, they've told them that they can have their their set of tickets, but no stadium only. Um, you know, and then they're they're requiring the individual suite holder to kind of, you know, I, I guess police that, if you will. Um, There'll be no like buffet service, you know, uh, like they would normally have in a premium seat area. There's no tailgating uh, that'll take place. Not ideal, but still football SEC back this weekend at Faroe Field. We'll cross it over. Ribs and BK coming up next. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Time now for the crossover. Brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Center's newest door. Number 41 in Eureka is now open. And BK, they're coming up next on 101 ESPN. A reminder, there is Cardinal Baseball tonight. Fox Sports Midwest, biggest series of the year, undoubtedly, as Milwaukee's in town season really comes down to this series, and it's Corbin Burns and KK, so that's coming up on Fox Sports Midwest. I'm really looking forward to uh, your show, Jamie, because you have a guest that has been an agent in hockey and also a general manager. So, as we look as hockey fans this year and this offseason, October 9th is the opening of free agency in hockey. So right around the corner, uh, one of the biggest fish in the sea is out there, and he's one of the most popular players in franchise history and brought a cup to St. Louis as the captain. Uh, he's going to be out there, so this guy can answer some questions on both sides of the fence. It's going to be fascinating what happens with Alex. Yeah, we're, we're lucky enough to get Brian Lawton from NHL Network. And, and like you said, he was a, a former... First of all, Dan, he was a number one overall pick That's right. in the NHL. So he was a heck of a hockey player himself. So he, he still has that element to his knowledge. Then he was an agent and represented some of the biggest names in the business at the time. Then he became the general manager of the Tampa Bay Lightning. For a couple of years, it was brief. But I'm really interested to, to kind of role play with him here and have him put on the agent's hat, have him put on the GM's hat, have him put on the player's hat, and, and just also his knowledge with the NHL network and talking to many, many teams around the league. I want to get a real feel for what everybody's thinking about the situation. I, I want to ask you as a former player, um, and now you're a grown man with, and I, I mean this with all due respect, I mean, you're a grown man, you got a family, you got kids. So your perspective in life, we all change, right? So back in the day when you're a player, um, 
it's different. I mean, even when you're a player, you're different. I mean, you're a young man when you're 20, when you're 30, it's different because at that point you might have some kids and, mm-hmm. you know, life changes, right? You get money, you're, you may be more secure. I, I just wonder what legacy means to a player. It, 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 it's, it's different when you're 50 years old. It's different when you're 20. You're not thinking about legacy. You're thinking about, let me go get some money and have a little <laughs> yeah. fun. And I'm playing, you know, major league sports. This is great. And then when you're 30, you're like, well, I might be getting done. I, I better hope I got some money in the bank, you know, <laughs> yeah. body certain a little bit. Am I right? I mean, no, you're right. I so mean, I, I just wonder if it means anything to Alex or any player, but it will when he's done. I know that certain players, you know, you never know. Some guys are wild cards when it comes to Alex Petrangelo. It absolutely matters. Yeah. I know him on a personal level uh, since day one, since he's been here and we talk quite often and we get together and so he it's such a big part of it to, for him to have his legacy here in St. Louis and to leave what we want it to be the statue the number the Stanley Cup all those things I think that's why and in business you can't do this but it happens by default I think that's why he's getting his feelings hurt a little bit is because I feel like maybe he doesn't think the other side is is interested in the legacy that it could be as much as he is. Does that make sense, or am yeah, I talking oh, yeah. in circles No, here? no, 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 totally. I, I get it. Yeah, there's a big deal with that. You know what I'm saying? Like sure. if, if you don't think that the, the, the team cares about your legacy as much as you care about your legacy, that's where it can kind of get to the point where you're like, you know what, I'm not really feeling great about this right now. Maybe they don't want me. And that could be farthest from the truth. It could just be business, which I think it is right now. But if you start to have these little little bleeps of emotion that jump in there, that's when things can go sideways. I also feel that we are, um, when you start talking about October 9th, October 9th could feel like nine years away when you talk about free agency. Meaning that when you get to 48 hours away, that's when it starts to happen. You I know, think it's, it's flowing downhill right now. I remember being a part of these things. Nah, I'm no Alex Petrangelo. I never went through this. Trust but you know me. what I mean? Like when you get when you finally get to 48, 24 hours, that's when it starts to. Okay, now we got to go. Now we we're at the deadline. Let's it's go. It's going to be so stressful. It's going to be so stressful for these guys to to get this deal done at the end. And honestly, the only way it gets done, and I know we're in a COVID world here, but. Get to the deadline. You get to the big boardroom down at Enterprise, and you have Newport Sports down in one end, uh, socially distanced, of course. We don't want any problems coming out of that room. Nope. You have Army, Tom Stillman. You have everybody, Craig Berube involved. And you're like, nobody leaves this room. till we get it done. Till we get this deal done. Right. And right. if we, if in, in eight hours, if we can't get this deal done, then we all agree that it wasn't meant to be. That's how CBAs get done. I mean, if they can do that with several different players, several different teams, I think you can do it with one individual and one club. Sure, and it makes sense. Uh, what else you guys got coming up? We got Big Saxy coming okay. on today too. He's love Saxy. I love Saxy so I much. I know you do. Oh, he's great. Full of information. Great. Great energy, and he's not afraid to write the pieces that the people are thinking about. Yeah. So we're going to talk about uh, you know some of the Cardinals' offensive woes and. Uh, we're gonna talk about you know he wrote a little piece about maybe the Cardinals should have tanked a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I read that piece. Ah, you know what, Dan? It's not all that crazy. It's not all. That I crazy. read the piece. <laughs> I read it. I love giving Saxy trouble. What do you got, BK? Okay, am I on here? 
I'm not. No. On. There we go. We like it better that way. I'm with you, Dan. It's ridiculous. They shouldn't have tanked. No, it should have never tank. happened. I didn't say tank. Just blow it up a you little bit. You know what? No, you know you what Cardinals tank. fans enjoy? They enjoy watching Winning. Yadier Molina and Adam yeah. Wainwright every day. You know win. who wouldn't have finished their career here if they tanked? Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright. So well, let's, they had, let's they had more money to pay those guys because they had a lot of younger guys you didn't have to pay. Well, I'll enjoy listening to it. <laughs> All right. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Okay? Thanks, Dan. Sounds good, Dan. All right, guys. Ribs and BK coming up next. You have been listening to the TV voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, Scoops with Danny Mac on 101 ESPN.